0: good morning welcome to kensington thank you so much for tuning into the live broadcast we're so glad you're here today guys i'm so excited we're starting a brand new series today it's called unstoppable force one of my favorite people is here today steve andrews is with us today in fact steve and dave are giving the message together and it's just going to be an awesome awesome morning steve's actually right steve come here come say hi we're gonna say hi with steve real fast Steve Andrews is in the house today, and this is what happens when you're live. Steve, say hi.
1: Hey, it's great to see you. Thanks for everybody watching. Hope it's gonna be an awesome day. Steve. Yeah, we're talking about the church, the unstoppable force. As
0: goofy as we are,
1: as unlikely, this is Jesus' tool. Yeah. It's
0: gonna to be such a great day, guys. We've we're starting the day with high energy, uh, a lot of music. A lot of fun. Like I said, Steve and Dave are actually um, giving the message today, so it's going to be a fantastic service. But hey, before we get going here literally in 60 seconds, just want to tell you that so many of you are tuning in today. And no matter where you're tuning in from, we want to serve you. We want to be part of your world and add value to your life. So if there's any need you have, please contact us. Please let me know what we can do to add value to you. You know, here at Kensington, we're all about building this thing called the church together. And that's where you come into play. So thanks again for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. Hope you enjoy the service. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.
2: 45 crew. Welcome to Kensington. Hey, who's this guy? Woo, Steve Andrews.
1: I've seen, hey, by the, the, the way, do you know that she's one of the first persons that Paul and I met when we came to Michigan like 32 years ago? She was three at yeah, the I time. Yeah, I was three.
2: No, I was not three. Anyway, isn't that
1: amazing? And here we are doing the greeting all these years it. later. I Pretty love cool.
2: it. I love it. So, yeah, so Steve is with us all day today, which is super, super cool. We don't always get him with us, so we're pumped that you're with us. Excited. But a couple things before we jump into the day. Uh, if you are new here or if you've been here a few times and you really haven't made any connections, we'd love to meet you. So um, come join us out at Starting Point. We've got a place in the lobby that is just for you. There's a sign. It says Starting Point. There's people in fabulous orange T-shirts, just like Sue right here. She's Gorgeous. sporting her orange T-shirt. Gorgeous. Um, and she would love to chat with you after service. <laughs> I'll just tell you a little bit more about this place, give you a cool little mm-hmm. gift to take home. And. I, the gift? the gift? What's Coffee mug. Oh, that's Steve, worth going. Steve's not sure if he has one. So I'm going to show up. We kind of need to get him a coffee <laughs> mug. So yeah, come chat with us. We'd love to tell you about this place, even give you a tour. So come hang out with us. We'd love to meet you. Another thing going on, 40 days of prayer. Who's been hanging out in the prayer room? Let's see. Okay, yell about it. Come on, make it sound really fun. Yeah. Woo! Prayer room! Yeah, so right now, there is somebody right over here, an amazing, beautiful room that was created just for us to spend time with Jesus. Um, Here's some photos. It's an amazing space, and it's set up so it's totally interactive. There is stuff to do. So if you're thinking like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do in there with him for an hour? Like, I'm going to read my five-minute scripture and then... What am I going to do? There are things for you to do. There's a prayer wall. You can put down prayer requests. There's a praise tree. You can write praises. There's a guitar. Learn how to play. (laughs) Um, Do some artwork. Um, Pray over our campuses. Pray over our global partners. Um, Anybody. It's for everybody. Singles, marrieds, groups. Bring your family. Um, So many cool stories. People go in not knowing what they're going to do for an hour, and they come out saying, that was the fastest hour ever. So. Yeah.
1: So please take advantage of cool it. Cool stuff. Yeah. it's I, I love what Jeannie and Chris and Marty, the team, have done. It's really amazing. Yeah. And I think God's going to use it to change this community as well and for the rest of us. People from other campuses are popping in yep, too. Totally. It's been really inspiring. The other thing I want to mention is it's that time of year we're inviting a, a new group of interns to apply to step in for a 10-month training, a full-blown Kensington leadership experience. And we've got a video that just gives you a little bit of a Taste of it. It's for anybody, all ages. Take a look. Awesome.
0: love you. The Kensington Internship is a 10-month adventure of learning and life change. Choose whatever excites you. Mentoring students, honing your creativity in the arts, or diving in with our local and global partners. Whatever your passion, you will grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. Every week, I can expect to grow and learn something. My own potential that I even see in myself has increased unbelievable amounts.
2: Once you have confidence in who God is and seeing his promises, nothing else matters. A deep, intimate relationship with him leads to huge changes on a daily basis. It's cool.
3: Lifelong friendships are being built within this program. What started out as just an internship and having other interns has grown into like this really small wolf pack of solid guys that are always there. We always are there for each other and support each other.
2: God seems to personalize the Kensington internship. He's been really teaching me that like I am his daughter and that he delights in me just because of who I am and I have to look at myself the way that God looks at me.
4: Having real job experience, being able to get your hands dirty, doing actual projects, but also you're
0: still learning. The internship program is for people of all ages and all walks of life. So whatever your background, we invite you to dream with us. What could God do with 10 months of your life?
1: We didn't expect this, but the intern program has actually changed Kensington. So every year we have about 25 to 30 people that come in and give their full energy for a year, and they find themselves leading huge portions of what happens at Kensington. It's not one of those things where you bring coffee to somebody, you actually begin to own the ministries and the movement of Kensington. And I'm hoping some of you will pray about it, you'll go online uh, to our website, it'll direct you to where the interns go. We also have a table in the lobby, would love for you to take advantage. And I've got to tell you something. I'm starting to talk to different men and women that are coming to the end of their vocational careers in their 50s and 60s. And, and some of them are really beginning to, to consider stepping into this internship thing. So it would really be a cool blend of, it's, sometimes it's a cool blend of young and old, but we have this amazing movement inside Kensington and our staff of young and old in this movement creates a synergy that is pretty, pretty powerful. So please consider uh, taking advantage of doing that with us. Uh, Lastly, before we jump in uh, for a crunch, uh, Easter, today is your first day to get your Easter free tickets for uh, the services that we're doing. We're doing, I don't know how many we're doing, but we're doing a a bunch here at Orion on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, this is the first time that I can remember uh, in all the years of Kensington that Easter fell on April Fool's Day. Well, we've got a joke on the world this April Fool's. Jesus is alive. And it's going to be a, really, we've got a great plan. So go online, start thinking about the people you're going to invite to take advantage of that. Also, we have Good Friday, which has become a, it's going to be a very powerful, it's going to be a totally unique service. And uh, we'd love for you to come to that. We don't need to do tickets for that, but the tickets are important. So we make sure there's room on Easter, Saturday, and Sunday. So looking forward to that. So anyway, it's great to be here. Uh, it's great to to uh, actually see some people I recognize. Some of you don't even know who I am. You're wondering, who is this finally a really good looking guy on the stage? I know that's just not funny. Okay. Yeah. Don't laugh. So stand up, do a crunch, squeeze in the middle, and we're going to jump into the service. Tell you It's amazing, um, man! What a powerful song. And honestly, Abby and Elle, I can't imagine that being sung better. Can you? I mean, that was just incredible. Wow. Um, but I think that song captures my heart, captures the heart of people. There's a there's a couple of phrases in that song that just move me. One of them is uh, this this lamenting says it's like we're just problems wanting to be solved, we're children needing to be loved. And it's this, it's this universal heart cry. Uh, I just got back from Nepal and I thought, yeah, you're there and you just see problems that need to be solved and people longing to be loved and you realize that's everywhere. I've been spending a lot of time the last two years with the generation under 25 years of age and almost every person I meet under that age is asking that question. And what about us? And what kind of world are we leaving? What is, and what is my purpose? What is bigger than me? What, what is worth my life? These are all the questions that are just kind of just circulating in our hearts. And so as we began this series, The Unstoppable Force Today, we wanted to talk about what Jesus sees, what he wants, what he, uh, what he has that might be an answer to the longing that's within you. For you to consider that invitation from him. And what's interesting about today is today is going to be a video message with me and Dave Wilson together. We haven't done this in a long, long time. But we wanted to t- talk about the vision of the church together. So that all of our Kensington campuses are watching this together right now along with you. And so I want you just to, to join in. I think you're going to find that two old, two old ball-headed guys have a lot of energy and a lot of vision still. But there is a vision of movement that we longed for from the time we were young. And so I want you to just settle into your seat, engage, maybe take some notes on this. But what if Jesus Christ really had a plan for an unstoppable force that answered those kinds of questions? Enjoy.
4: I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited to do a message today with you. Well, of course. Well, here's why. Most of the time Mm -hmm. I'm on stage. Last week I was on stage with Ann, and I look over there, and I look at something beautiful. Today I'm looking over at Mr. Baldhead over there, and I don't know. But I'm excited. We're like twins. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What do you do with that? I don't know what to do with that. But here's what's exciting. You and I get to talk about, I think, one of the passions of our heart. It's, It's the call of God on our lives. We get to talk about the church being an unstoppable force. Three-week series we're starting today. It's a really exciting time in our history. Yeah, that's what brought,
1: brought you and me and Mark together all those years ago, 31 and, years ago.
4: And what's amazing is, you know my story, and many of Kent didn't know this, but I grew up sort of hating the church. My mm-hmm. mom, single mom, dragged me to church every week. No option. you got to go to church. And every year, I never understood this, we we switched denominations. I mean, I look back, I was a Bapto, Metho, Episcopalian, Lutheran, I mean, and I'm not <laughs> even getting them all. I had every denomination in my background. And it wasn't until I was like 16, I said, Mom, why do we keep switching churches? Are you looking for a guy? And she said, yeah. And we never found the guy. But here's so what never I never
1: connected. So you never no built and a relationship. Yeah. My
4: view of the church as a high school kid was I'm never going when I don't have to, and I mm-hmm. went to college, never went again.
1: Yeah.
4: It's dead, it's boring, it's an insider club. Nobody on the outsides really mm-hmm. wanted, even though they said they were, and they never did anything. It yeah. never seemed like anything happened in the community. And I thought that can't be Guys, dream for the church, but it's all I knew. Yeah, so
1: mine's opposite. I went to a great church. Uh, the two pastors were boring. I mean, they were like not you, like you. Not no, like you. if you've ever thought I was boring, you you <laughs> ain't seen nothing. These guys were terrible. They would put the best people asleep. But it was an incredible group of people. Of uh, they loved me, I felt believed in. But the weird thing was, nothing ever happened. Like this, the church moving. It just. It, it just never changed. And I remember even people that came in, if they didn't dress right, or if they didn't look right or know how to act pretty soon, you could tell they got shuffled off to the side and then they would kind of disappear. And so I remember all my life thinking, believing Jesus was a
4: lie, but like nothing's going to ever happen. Yeah. And so here we are, obviously something happened to us. Yeah. And I know your story, you know, my story, the bottom line is Jesus got a hold of our lives. Totally. And as he got a hold of my life in college, I Mm. still did not have a a vision of what the church could be until I was in a meeting where a guy was preaching and he preached Matthew 16. It was the first time I ever heard Mm. Jesus describe Mm. the church. It's one of the first times he ever used the word church. And I tell you what, this is going to be the foundation of this series is Matthew 16. Here's what God dreamed. This is really the foundation of our life, this passage. This right here. Let's read it. It says, Matthew 16:13 When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples Who do people say the Son of man is yeah. Now stop for a second. I haven't been to Israel. I'm going in April. You've been there multiple times because you're special. Yeah, I'm special. But I'm going to be standing where he was. But <laughs> yeah. I've, I've studied enough about it to know in that area, Caesarea Philippi was like a shrine to the gods. Mm-hmm. Even Caesar himself was enshrined as the king of kings and lord of lords. That was the title they gave to him. Mm-hmm. So here's Jesus, a penniless preacher rabbi with 12 ordinary men standing among these shrines to the gods saying, Who do men say the son of man is? Mm-hmm. Now, the term son of man is really interesting. Jesus used that term about himself more than son of God. Why? The son of man com- comes from Daniel 7. Now, if you didn't know this, you didn't know what he's saying. But if you were listening with ears, you're like, oh my gosh, he just said he's the son of man. Daniel 7 was the, the son of man will have an everlasting dominion, kingdom that will never go. That's so right. he's communicating on the Messiah. So he's like, okay, what are they saying out there? They think these are all the gods. Do they know who the real God is? Yeah, because all of those kingdoms that were there, oh. they're all rubble now. Yeah. But at that moment, that's who they bowed down to. Look at their answer. So they replied, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Mm. But here's a key question. And I think this is a question everyone in the world has to answer. Mm. He asked, but what about you? Mm. Who do you say I am? Mm. Maybe the most important question any one of us will ever, ever answer. Who Mm. is Jesus? And you got to love it. Peter, Simon Peter answers, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Yeah. So he (laughs) cast this. I mean, Jesus cast this amazing vision of what the church is going to be. Now, you and I know, and every I think most people here know, the church is not a building. It's a community of people. But here's what he says. He says, it's going to be an unstoppable force. And so here's what I thought we'd do.
1: Which is hard to believe when you think about how cruddy the church is sometimes.
4: Yeah, but it can be, and God's dream for it, which the series is serious as all about. It's going to be. It That's what he's be. saying. It's going to be. So let's look at three thoughts on church from Jesus. And, I, and, and we took these right out of this passage. Three thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you know me. They're, they're going to be <laughs> cute, but they're going to make sense. The first Guys, one is like this. Them. The church is built on a rock. Yeah. On a rock. Now, here's what's interesting. He says, on this rock, I'll build my church. Now, yeah. there's different denominations that believe he was talking about Peter. Like, I'm going to build my church on Peter, like the first rock of the church. The Peter first was leader. certainly pivotal to the whole thing, oh, yeah, right? But- certainly was. And some people think that. But I actually believe, we, we believe here at Kensington, he was not referring to a man, Peter. He was referring to what Peter said on this yeah. rock, this statement, this confession that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. I'm mm-hmm. going to build my church. It's going to be a community of people that say, I believe that he's the Messiah, the Son yeah. of the living God. because. God doesn't build his church on men because men are flawed.
1: Yeah, well, Peter's the little rock in this big rock term of Jesus, this, this right. proclamation of lordship. It really is so fantastic because first of all, the context of all these great yeah. historical figures in worship and Jesus, this little nobody, and he's saying, no, I'm gonna be the one with the everlasting kingdom. But the other thing is the guys that he chose, even asking Peter to make the statement because I was thinking about these 12 guys that were gathered with him Peter's gonna deny Jesus with foul language Hmm. and with bitterness. Judas is gonna sell Jesus. James and John, at the very end of Jesus' life, are gonna try to buy their way into being the top dogs. And all the disciples are angry and frustrated and confused. And these are the guys, these men from the fringe of society are gonna be the answer to the gospel. And then when you read the New Testament, the apostle Paul, who's a hyper-religious maniac killing Christians, he's called out by God by a shining light, and then he carries the gospel to the Roman and the Greek world that ultimately brought the gospel to all of us who are listening in this room came through Paul and through all these
4: flawed, messed up people. And, and, and obviously incredible. One, of the, one of the great things about what you just said is if God could use those guys, he can use us. Yeah right he can use anybody yeah. i mean you sort of look at that and it's like how so in the world did the church even extend to 2000 years later here we are it's because god used those people what did they have in common one thing think about this every time you go to israel yeah. you just got back from nepal what's the one thing you find over there in common the people you're with believe what jesus jesus is the is rock the Lord. that he's the messiah the yeah. son of the living god and that's the church whether it's you know in a building uh, it was so beautiful. On Monday, uh, a couple guys and I went to a man's house that uh, family goes to Orion campus and uh, he's dying of brain cancer. Oh, he's got man. a 14 year old daughter, uh, eight year old son. His wife is there and we baptized them right off his master be- bath bedroom into his bath. He can't, can't walk. We had to carry him in there. And he has an unbelievable faith. We're all in tears, not because he's, he's possibly dying barring a miracle, We were in tears because this man was confessing Jesus as Lord. And it was so beautiful to be, what were we? We were the church, not in a building, Mm -hmm. in a house. While we were there, we were celebrating with this man, Mark, his faith in Jesus. That's the foundation the church is built on. It's built on the rock Mm -hmm. of the truth of Jesus Christ. Every time two or three
1: people gather, Jesus said, there I'm in the midst. Even you and me together, two people, we're having
4: church right now. Yeah.
1: And, and the that, church is unstoppable.
4: Now, here's the amazing thing. Look where this goes. The church is built on a rock, but here's the thing about that rock. It's built on a rock that's rolling. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had to get a little rock and roll in here. A little corny. The okay. rock is rolling. But you know what I mean by yeah. that? And I know it's corny, and it's probably not going to stick, but, but here's the thing. God's dream for the church, Jesus, when he talked about the church, was never a rock that just stayed. Now, Jesus mm-hmm. is the same today yesterday tomorrow that's that's stable but the church was never dreamed by God to just be stagnant yeah. or just sit and do nothing the church was always to be moving we talk about it here we love this phrase go pulse mm-hmm. it's like the heartbeat of the church is go yeah. go go. Go where? Go to those people that God is trying to reach through what? The church. He's going to extend his kingdom of God through us going. It's not going to happen as we just gather. That's part of it. But it's just as important when we scatter, when we leave here is yeah. to go and reach people with the gospel. Well, I
1: love it. I, again, I was just in Nepal and you think of the impossible power of the gates of hell there. Hmm. And I got to witness most heartbreaking and hopeful experience maybe in my whole life of Jesus Christ taking these devastated girls who've been horribly, horribly abused and turning them into community leaders and and business owners and creating private banks for groups of women, starting house churches. I mean, Jesus Christ is so alive. And when I look back on this, when I was a kid, I think I was so worried. I thought the church is so ineffectual, the gates of hell are gonna like come in and just smash us. And it was, I think I was in my late twenties, whenever I, I heard someone teach on this and said, gates aren't, of hell aren't moving. The gates of hell are stationary. We're to go against them. You know? exactly. We're to smash against them. And so the whole, the whole power is Jesus and one person is a majority. If Jesus was one person, Jesus with us, when we were starting this church, we were a majority. Nothing's yeah. going to stop Jesus. And the amazing
4: thing about Jesus, when you, when, you, when you think Jesus says, come follow me, he's never standing. He's always going somewhere. And so often it's like we're in a, you know, we're in a boat of comfortability in the church. And it's like, we want to be comfortable. We want to make it about us. And Jesus is saying, no, I want to, I want you to walk on water. And I'm not standing on water. I'm walking. Yeah. So when we get out of the boat, we say, I'm going to follow Jesus. This means we're going to go. And, and, and gates are defensive. So the church should be offensive. It should be on the move yeah. to extend the gospel. Well, the people we remember in
1: history, like the apostle Paul and Peter were people on the move. I was thinking of this month that we just finished, we just celebrated Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a guy that was attacking the gates of hell, Billy Graham. We talked again, incredible life and ministry. Mm-hmm. One of my greatest heroes, William Wilberforce, who really single-handedly destroyed the slave trade in the British empire. Uh, just unbelievable to think about all of these guys. We think about the early church exploding. And I guess what I realize is that the church that I grew up in, I thought, man, if you're part of the church is Jesus wants you to have a nice job and a nice house and a couple of kids and wear a nice nice clothes to church. i like, that was nothing of what it was. Jesus wanted radical followers of Jesus. And I thought about this in my own mom and dad. Actually I've seen it in your life, I've seen it in Mark and Callie, I've seen it, I mean, it's just been a beautiful event. I've seen all So many people that are listening to this message are people that have lived this rolling rock, oh. like Jesus rolling. We're they, surrounded they've done by it. thousands, yeah. And so to share it, is, I feel like I'm talking to a great crowd, cloud of witnesses. But I was thinking, was I remember Billy Graham, but then I remember when I was 12, my mom and dad shared with me, i just come over to school. They said, hey, we're going to Kenya. So uh, dad's going to take over a mission hospital. So dad left his medical practice behind. Uh, and by the way, dad was like a like an endangered species. He was an outspoken follower of Christ who was a general surgeon, a physician, and he was invited to speak everywhere. And he was a fantastic teacher. My mother started Bible study fellowship in Memphis with Marion Frazier that grew to 2000 women. I mean, they were amazing, but dad left his practice. We went to Kenya. We left my brother who was a high school All-American football, baseball, baseball player. We missed his senior year. And that to me was crushing because yeah. I loved him and was so proud of him. My mom left her first grandchild who'd just been born. And we moved to a remote area of Kenya the Aberdeen Mountains. And what I saw was that Jesus Christ was not status quo Jesus. Mm-hmm. He was adventure Jesus. You know, it's like he was the living Jesus that was worth following. And it was that year that changed my life. That year is the reason Kensington exists. We yeah. would, I would have never, ever done what I did if I didn't see them following Jesus. That was the same mom and dad who gave away 50% of their income every year that I remember. Because dad, dad, dad's checkbook was open to me. He shared that and showed that to me. And I thought, Jesus is calling every one of us to that same Jesus, that same calling. It's the same Jesus that moved my mom and dad to Kenya. that ra- The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same Jesus that got you at Ball State University. It's the same Jesus calling right now.
4: Yeah, it, as, as you were sharing, I was thinking... When I first met you at Faith Church, the church that planted us, that's what inspired me. Yeah. We'd go work out together, pump big iron. Look at that, man. stress People are laughing like, you guys never did that. We did, <laughs> we actually worked out several days a week. And the funny thing you remember is we didn't mm. talk about weights mm. or our bodies. <laughs> we talked about the body of Christ and yeah. dreaming that God wanted to do something radical in Detroit and now thinking he's not only done it here but he's doing it locally and globally and it's crazy to think cuz i used to think if you go into like full time ministry vocationally you're going to like the the minor leagues mm-hmm. like the big leagues are up here making money and getting stuff and you know this and i and i realized no this is as important as anything. And people that are in the big leagues, like making money, if they're going to their workplace with a vision with a of calling? I am the church, mm-hmm. I am to extend it in this cubicle, in this in this hospital, in this school, wherever I am, that's the big leagues. And that's so, the church. Oh, it is yeah. the church. And so yeah. we joined up and it's like, man, we want to be a part of a, a revolution that would literally change the world. And it's so cool to look back in 28 years and think we have. I, I got to read you this quote. Okay. Alan Hirsch said this about about the church you know, in a book called Forgotten Ways. I love this quote. He said, if we want our kids to grow up and be nice, middle-class, well-adjusted mm. college graduates with PhDs and nice haircuts, then my suggestion nice to haircut. you is, hey, quit it. <laughs> Then my suggestion to you is do not introduce them to the gospels because there they will meet a Jesus that will cause them to lose their lives for his sake. There they will meet a Jesus who will redefine every relationship They have. Hmm. Talk about what that means. Man, I just think
1: people are not interested in just doing something because you're supposed to do it. They want to do something that is alive and purposeful, something that could overcome their depression or their mental struggles or their desperation. It's something that is truly worth your life. And knowing Jesus Christ is alive and that his love endures forever, that he does lead an everlasting kingdom like he, he said, yeah. it says, I want to be a part of something that lasts and I want my life to be invested on something that lives beyond me. I don't care if my name is remembered, but I want the name of Jesus Christ to go forward in this world.
4: Yeah. And when you think about the one that leads the church, it's not you, it's not me, it's Jesus. He's the rock. He's the founder. He's moving. I wrote this in my notes. Jesus did not leave heaven and come to earth to start a religion. He came to start a revolution. Mm-hmm. He did not come to start an institution. He came to start a movement. Yeah. And I thought it's so interesting in my own life, and I think the church can do this as well, As you can either be a thermometer or a thermostat.
0: Thermometer. Yeah, what they do. What that means. Here's
4: what I do. Thermometer yeah. measures temperature, right? Yeah. And you uh, stick it in certain places your body to measure temperature, right? Well, yeah. so often we we do the same thing. We walk in a room and we just copy the culture. We don't change it. A thermostat sets the temperature. It says, "I am going to change every situation I'm in. I'm going to bring the light of Jesus into this marriage. I'm going to bring the light of Jesus into this legacy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring the light of Jesus, which is literally the church in action, going, moving, rolling into the city, into this country, into the world. And yeah. that's epic. I it mean, that's epic. what Jesus dreamed of. It's like, that's what I want our church to be a part mm-hmm. of. And so when we met, that's what I knew we were soulmates. We're like, we got to be a part of that. Yeah. And so 28 years later, it's a dream come true.
1: Well, when you say that, I, I understand now what a thermostat is. My sister, who's a year ahead of me, yeah. Nancy, Nancy Holcomb now, we were at Central High School. She changed that high school. She was the thermostat. She changed it. Yeah. There were nobody standing up for Christ. Uh, it was a rough inner city, multi-ethnic high school. And she was that person. I think looking back, maybe that's where I got the vision that one person, you know, or a handful of people could change
4: could change the world. And I've heard your story. You changed that high school too. Yeah, but it started. Yeah. It all, all went back to she her. She started a legacy. She gave me the courage to you do it. it. You yeah. continued it. And it's really interesting. When, when you start to follow Jesus, here's what happens. One of the first things happens is you no longer have your eyes on yourself. You start to realize it's not about me. It's about him. Mm -hmm. And he wants to use me and us, the church, the community, to serve others. I can remember the year I ran the Detroit Marathon for Hope Water. Did you know I ran the marathon? Oh,
1: man. I bet you smoked it. I ran
4: ran the relay, Relay. which means I ran the last 7.3 miles. Oh, boy. That's a lot further than I ran. Well, whatever. I got to finish the the race with Steve Norman and Josh Eisenhart and Zarbaugh. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. But as I came running in, I'm in tears. Not because I ran seven miles and I'm in trouble. I was fine. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm crossing the finish line, not for me. Because hundreds of people have given money in my name to Hope Water, to put wells in Africa for people who will die without water. And so as I'm running across the finish line, I'm thinking I'm part of the church. I'm part of God using me and thousands of others to bless somebody else that Mm -hmm. I'll never even meet. I thought that's a church on the move. Wow. So here's the thing. We got one last point. But as we do this last point, I thought, what a what a great time to take the offering. Mm. I mean, people gave and are giving to different campaigns and Hope Water. So many of you give to Kensington online. It's it's amazing. Seventy percent of our givings online. I just want to say, we right, thank you.
1: I just saw a new thank safe you. house going up in Nepal.
4: Yeah, those are the kind of things that happen when you give. Some of you are brand new here today. You're our guest. You can let it pass. But those of you that give, thank you you're making a difference because you are advancing the kingdom of God. What Jesus dreamed of the church, you and I are a big Mm -hmm. part of and giving is a a significant part of that. Okay, last thought. We've got the church is built on the rock, the rock of what? The confession that he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The church is built on a rock that's not stable. It's always moving. And then here's the final one. The church is built on a rock that leaves a mark. So in other words, I mean, like you said, This church is crashing against the gates of hell. These defensive gates that say, you're not gonna penetrate darkness. Though the church is not just rolling, it is everywhere the church goes. Everywhere a believer goes, they leave a mark, a dent, a significant impact for God. I see
1: our community doing it everywhere. All of our campuses, Jesus Christ moving through people, through God's calling, through things that are happening inside and outside the church. And I remember this. I remember when we started, we felt so feeble. We felt mm. determined.
4: Yeah, We were like, oh, we're in the church. We just think, like, hey, hey,
1: we're so tiny. But the thing is, God doesn't care how tiny you are right. or how weak you are. He is powerful. And uh, and he decided to do something that was truly amazing. And I remember remember, people saying we're crazy. I remember almost every pastor or friend that I knew hated what we were doing. We except were, for, except we were for a little one. crazy. We were a little obnoxious. I recognize that. And, and and to think that when we started, uh, that God God just had had this hand of blessing on
4: us. But it's even interesting. Remember we got remember we were going to start our first campus. Oh, Camp- right there, we we announced that we're going to start Rochester.
0: We call it North. North remember campus. we
4: called it Kensington North at the time. And I came off the stage after announcing that to the Troy campus, and yeah. a guy walked up to me. And he was mad, and he goes, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're going to destroy this whole thing. you got something great happen. People are going to leave here. That is the worst strategy ever. Yeah. And I had to look at him and go, I think God's calling us to do this, and here we are.
1: This summer, we're going to start our 59th U.S. church plant in Nashville, Tennessee, and you'll be hearing more about that. But I remember we started starting new churches, and we bring young leaders up on the stage and say, pray about going with this person. And people in the church go, that's a terrible business plan. <laughs> Well, it actually is, yeah. but it's the goal pulse. It's the movement of God. And so I just want to finish. This will be my last thought, and I'll turn it back over to you. But more than ever, as we've gotten larger and maybe more successful, whatever that means, and we have more of a global impact, people say, uh, when are you going to slow down? When are you going to stop pressing so hard? When are you going to stop taking risks? And my answer is when I'm dead. I hope it's when I'm dead or when I lose my mind. Because if Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, if if Jesus Christ who stood there at Caesarea Philippi is really alive Hmm. and he he defeated death and he sits at the right hand of God the Father, then we are never gonna stop. We're never gonna stop trying to reach people. We wanted to reach our contemporaries. We have a whole new band of leaders at Kensington that are praying about reaching their generation. And so this is my last thought. I really don't believe in the idea that we have multiple lives. I believe we have one life and we make that life count and that life, that life matters. And I want you to know something. I don't ever be protective about this church, or what God's given us. I wanna risk it all. I wanna, I wanna live every day of my life as the best day ever. I wanna live it pushing all in. And I don't wanna let my discouragement or my weakness or my own personal struggle
4: stop Jesus from doing what he's gonna do in this world. That's what I wanna be a part of. i tell you what. Um, 28 years in, I couldn't feel more passionate today than I was day one with you. Mm. I mean, I hope we die doing this together. Now, they don't want us around until we die. (laughs) But I hope we pass this on to the next generation in 20, 30, 50, 70 years from now these buildings and more buildings and more churches are planted and more campuses will happen. Mm-hmm. Cause I really do think the best is yet to come. I it's, want to say how I future. feel the
1: way I feel about you, the way I've loved you, the way I've loved Mark in midst of all of our ups and downs our our team, our family is that's the way every yeah. time I look out, I
4: see every single person. That's how I feel about them. I mean, you said day one, 28 years ago, God will bring great people to, yeah. to join this. And they're, they're sitting all over You You guys are soldiers. You are warriors. Mm. You are playing in the big leagues. I don't know if it's C.T. Studd. I think it was him. This, what a name for a missionary, but a guy named C.T. Studd. Which Stud, my name. I think he said this. It's somebody. <laughs> he said, only one life and it will soon pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that's what you just said. Yeah. The only thing that matters is God said, I'm going to do something fantastic on planet earth, and guess how I'm gonna do it? Through the church, through flawed people who come together with one core belief. We believe Jesus is the son of God, the Messiah, the only hope of the world. And God says, I'm gonna take you and I'm gonna take me to the world through you. So there's no greater mission. To the ends of the
1: earth, to reach every, to the church, to reach every single person that we would give our lives, even for one person. Like if for all these years of Kensington, if only one
4: person had come to know Jesus, it it would have been more than worth it. And so I I would say this, man, I'm inviting you to join us. Some of you are brand new here, you've been here a few months or whatever, you're trying to figure Mm -hmm. out exactly what we're all about. Man, join this mission of the church being an unstoppable force. You'll never regret it. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do is commit your life to Christ and then commit your life to saying, God, what do you want me to do? What part do you want yeah. me to play? Because I tell you, God doesn't want you to sit and watch. I talked to a guy today who told me three years ago, he came on a, on a Sunday in October and three weeks later he was serving and he's been serving ever since. And it's just, oh, man, that's man. exactly what he wanted to do. He just saw the life in this guy mm. as he's like, God is using me to change the world. And so here's what I say, we need you and it requires energy, time, and even finances. And we've got an epic campaign that we're in right now that we want you to be a part of. Many of you already are. And we want to show you a video where Greg and Steve sat down and talked about what God's doing here and what God's going to do here in the future. I want you to watch it because I want you to join with us on this epic mission.
3: Every once in a while, a church has the opportunity to accelerate their mission, like double down on what they're all about. And over the years of Kensington's existence, we have had just a handful of those very special times. And our Everyone campaign is the most recent example of that. This was a three-year window in which Kensington friends are giving over and above their regular financial support. We are approaching the last year of those three. A few thousand people have already given toward this, and we are so grateful. But we have more to do in order to finish strong, and we have more people who can help us get over that finish line. So some of you have been with us all along. You started with the Everyone campaign a couple years ago, and you've been giving, and we're so grateful. And perhaps you were around back then and just didn't see your way clear to jump in financially with us back then, but maybe now you could see your way clear to jumping in for the last 12 months. And maybe some of you are brand new to Kensington and you may want to consider being part of the last year as well. And no matter who you are, we just know that together as a church family, we can fuel incredible mission and ministry here and around the world. And to get a taste of what all those things are, take a look at this. We're super excited about our new Clinton Township building, where we believe thousands of people will come meet Christ and engage their faith in a totally new way. At Troy, we've been able to improve a handful of things, including our kids' security system, and make some updates in the auditorium. We're still helping new churches get off the ground, so we invested in East Town Church, led by the Dupins in San Francisco. We believe environments matter, so we've invested heavily in our online environment, that is our website, as well as what you see when you come into a Kensington lobby. We were able to complete the adoption of the Traverse City campus and church family. We've partnered with an organization called Youth with a Mission, which is all about reaching the next generation in the city of Detroit. So it's been an amazing run, not just for 27, 28 years, but even in the last couple of years, we have been able to see amazing things happen inside of Kensington, outside of Kensington. And, and when you think of all that, what for you uh, like really gets you pumped up? Our story is almost unique in the world
1: when i tell people around the country say yeah we have seven campuses giving millions of dollars to another campus that they'll never see or use in order to see people come to know christ in the detroit area and they're like wait a second explain this to me these people over here 40 minutes away are giving to these people and they're giving like major portions of their life resources to make this happen it it doesn't even compute to people and what i love is the this spirit of other
3: the great part now is we're taking this little kind of time out in the everyone campaign because we've put a lot of resources into Clinton Township facility, understandably, yep. but there's this other list of projects that are really amazing projects that if we finish strong and as we sort of collect people into this investment its amazing things yet to come just in the next like year or two
1: and think about this this is this seems almost corny but troy's getting a new parking lot for a new troy campus listen there's a new spirit at troy and a new vision and a new movement that is as exciting to me as anything we've done in our 27 years we have signage we have things that are happening at every campus to make us better and we're going to step in and see those things happen
3: Was that your dream? Like when you said, I want to be a church planting operation, a church planting church, which is why people think we're crazy, right? Because we're always sending people away from our church. Had you dreamt about having that express itself in other places than just America?
1: I did, but I had no way. I had no way of knowing the variation of Nepal, Cuba, Afghanistan, where we actually are supporting leaders who who have been executed, have been beheaded this year. We could gosh, we get to be a part of it? Are you kidding me? No, I never dreamed that it would be this dramatic. The other thing that I didn't expect is the fact that people here, where well, we want to start new churches and they think, oh, you want, you want to start like a beautiful building? Like, No. Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And so we have people that are launching new initiatives, new dreams all the time, new small groups and homes, new ideas, new ministries that, that are going to change the way people live. This is being birthed in the heart's of Kensington people literally every second.
3: You know, I think sometimes when people see Kensington and they see some of the great things that have happened and the buildings we have and all these wonderful people around us, they're like, well, what do you guys need? I mean, Mm -hmm. why would you even be asking for more? Like, are you building some sort of an empire?
1: Yeah, well the empire that's being built belongs to jesus christ not to me not to no one on this staff owns any of this this belongs to the kensington body and what is amazing to me is that whatever we do inside we do far more outside we're going to launch our 59th us domestic church this year we are going to touch over a million people with the gospel of jesus christ globally it's like what we do here at Kensington, it's like the, the epicenter
3: of, of everything going out. Almost like we're collecting resources so that we can actually send yes. them out. Yeah. And,
1: then, and then the greatest resources, the people themselves as they go out to do what God's called them to do.
3: So there's probably a couple thousand people listening to this conversation right now and uh, we still have a year of the Everyone campaign to go. What would you love to see happen?
1: Very simple. I want 100% of us to be in to this Everyone campaign. I want every person at Kensington, who's a part of Kensington now, to be able to look back and say, I helped finish that Clinton Township building. It's gonna be reaching people at Hall Road in 94 for the next hundred years. And I helped build that Nepal safe house where young girls are being restored into church planners and community leaders. And I invested in Kaleo kids and reaching these elementary schools and restoring and changing these kids' identities. And I was a part of getting Troy a new parking lot and Orion, you know, building upgrades inside. The beauty of life is when you can say, we did this together. That's what I want. I want every person to be freed from the the oppression of the question, what's in it for me, and to be liberated to ask the question, what is Jesus Christ inviting me into? Like how to use my life, everything that I've been, been given, whether it's for the Everyone Campaign or starting a new program or reaching out to their neighbors, and that we begin to live not with this concern about how do I preserve my own life? It's how do I give my life away and let Jesus, like, flow through me in this world? Not not just through individuals, but as communities, as teams, as groups of people. Uh, Kensington is a huge army around the world. And uh, as people are learning to say, not my will, but Jesus, yours be done, man. What might we see? I mean, it, we've already been amazed. I think... The best is yet to come. I am absolutely grateful to God that he put me in a community where people give selflessly. Like, I look around the country, I don't know of anybody that does it this way, where people give to other people, people serve, people launch. I was thinking, Kensington started almost 28 years ago because people from around
4: the country gave who never even came here. And that was the money that started this church. It, it's, it's really a beautiful thing. I mean, you're, you're right. It's so unique that people would give and they don't even benefit. Other people benefit from it. And the beautiful things we're going to ask you to keep doing it. That's yeah. that's us. We're that's, always going to challenge and say, "Let's do. let's go to where God's calling us." And it's always going to require time and sacrifice and money and, and discomfort. So, yeah. So the yeah. ushers right now are going to pass out this this card, this brochure for you to look at. We're going to walk you through it uh, briefly, but it's it's literally a card that you're holding in your hand, which is God's sort of vehicle to say, do you want to join us and be a part of the future? Because here's what's, what's truly amazing is, you know, I look at the Troy campus right now and say, do you realize, Troy campus, you're sitting in a building that people gave to before you were here? Mm-hmm. Long before. Yeah, you know, 28 years ago, we yeah. started campaigns to say, start putting money away so someday when it's ready, God moves us. We'll be. Think of this, Orion campus, where I spend most <laughs> of my weekends. Think about this, Orion, you're sitting in a building right now that a woman from Troy gave the biggest, largest gift to start the campaign. She doesn't go to Orion, but she believed in God's call in such a way that we have a building because of somebody else given. When we started, we said, man, wouldn't
1: it be great if we could live in a community where nobody asked, what's in it for me? That's what we look at. Clinton Township, you're getting ready to move into a building in a couple of months where 80 to 85% of the money that's building that building has come from the other campuses. I mean, it's humbling, and it keeps us all humble because we we need each other. Think about Birmingham, Shelby, and
4: Clarkston all launched. And what about Traverse City? Traverse City. The first $2.8 million of this campaign, the Everyone campaign, went to adopt them into the Kensington, the Kensington church world, which is awesome. So here, here's the it's thing. Cool. I love it. We're inviting you to join us with this, camp, with this Everyone campaign. Go ahead and open up this card. I just want to highlight a couple things on here. And the biggest thing is this. We're, we're a year away from finishing this campaign. We started two years ago, a three-year campaign, and our goal was $30 million. It's still $30 million. $22 million was pledged two years ago. And here's the amazing thing. $22 million was pledged by only 3,000 people at Kensington. Mm-hmm. We have an average attendance of over 14,000 people, which is awesome that that many people yeah, pledged.
1: At least 7,500 giving units giving families and individuals yeah which is
4: cool you can look at that and go wow that's cool and the other side of it is, is there's so much room for other people to jump in yeah. and join us and to so here, us to that. here's what's really exciting there's three options for you maybe you weren't here 2 years ago or last year and you're hearing about this campaign for the first time you're like I want to jump in we call that start up yeah in other words you can start up right now Join in for this last year and get in. Or maybe you were here two or three years ago and you didn't join at that time for whatever reason. And now God's saying, it's time to start up. You can jump in. And we put in in the in the card just, you know, if if 750 people gave $50 a month or 1,300 households gave 100 a month or 2,000 households gave 250 a month. And I know people can do that. It yeah. isn't out of the question. That would make up the difference of what we're trying. We're hoping to get 5,000. Yeah uh families to commit to this. And that's yeah. a that's so a three thousand
1: to five thousand. It's a big step. But it's I think it, I think it'll happen. I
4: think people want to join in. I think so too. So yeah. so for some of you it's start up. Yeah.
1: The other one is in uh I want to speak to the step ups. This is the three thousand of you that like Dave and me have already made a lot of us have made huge pledges, big challenges and me I'm so grateful. And uh a lot of you have already finished your pledge. You're warriors. And Maybe God's blessed you. And maybe you say, hey, you know what? Uh, two years ago, I couldn't see three years down the road, but this could be the moment where you could could jump in and even propel us even further along on this journey. And I think that could apply to both of us. So you don't have to, I mean, you're free in Christ, but if you'd love to step up, step up and go to a different level, that would be amazing.
4: Yeah, I actually think there'll be a lot of people do that. It's like, God is blessed. I mean, I've talked to several people that they fulfilled their, their pledge before the three years. They couldn't believe they did. And so it's a, it's a question to ask them to pray the dangerous prayer. We've always talked about just saying, God, what, do you, what, what is your will for me as it relates to yeah. this? So it may be start up for some people, step up from others. And then the last one is stay in, which is probably both of us. I know I'm staying in. I made a pledge. I haven't completed it yet but I'm not bailing out. I'm going to finish strong. I hope to give more than my pledge yeah. in this next year. But those are you that done are that a bunch
1: of times. Yeah, we've all yeah. done
4: that. And there's thousands and hopefully more that are going to say, I am staying in and I'm going to finish this thing. A lot of it is truly believing God for a miracle. Yeah. And I've seen this every, this is our sixth campaign, I think in 28 years and every year, Ann and I made a pledge greater than we thought we could fulfill because we believed God was calling us to that number. Yeah. And every single time, God has miraculously provided. And again, it's like we're on our knees going, we're grateful that not only God blessed us, but he blessed us in a way that we could help the church be an unstoppable force.
1: We just see time after time of where Jesus has met us. I mean, even the the provision of the land for Clinton Township or the Orion Building. building movement that probably saved us millions of dollars. We've seen God's faithfulness, but even more than that, we see... God's faithfulness working in individual lives and in families and groups and movements. And, and I just really am so grateful that whatever time I have left, whatever time we have left, you probably have more time left than me. I don't know. But to follow Jesus to the very end and to make hay, man, while we can, let's go for it. And uh, to say, well, Jesus, what might you do next? Because we honestly don't know. And I think if there's one thing that surprised me at this point where we are right now, is how fast life is gone. Yep, you blink. Yeah, people are saying, man, why don't you just back off and coast? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> life is so short. And we've got a chance to do this together. And man, I wanna go into heaven and with all of you, with a great train of people that were blessed, people that never knew Jesus, but, but came to find him because he was faithfully working through us. So take, I'd ask you to take this card and put it in a place of prominence
4: and just pray. I honestly don't care what you do, yeah. but to pray about it and say, Lord, what are you directing me to do? Yeah, we, we really don't care what you do. We want you to go before God just like we have and continue to do and say, God, what do you want me to do? And whatever he tells you, do it. Do it with joy. Do it with joy. Pray about it with your family. Pray about it any way you want. And then he's gonna lead you. He is gonna lead you. And on the back of the card, you can see, that's how you let us know. We're actually gonna have a pledge Sunday in two weeks, Saturday night here at Troy and Sunday where you can come and bring this and tell us what you're going to do. I I really believe God's going to do a miracle. He's going to raise another $8 million. We're going to be able to do incredible things here and then locally and then globally because you and I are going to be soldiers and say, we're doing this Mm -hmm. because it matters. It's important. And anything that matters requires sacrificial effort and giving. And I want to say thanks before I pray because I believe God is going to use all of us to do incredible things. Yeah. want to pray. Let's pray. Yeah. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this mission of being a part of a community that is your church, that's unstoppable. And what what a mission to live our lives for. It is worth our very lives. And you've called, it, called us to that and you've called thousands way beyond beyond what we ever dreamed to be a part of Kensington and beyond. And Lord, I pray that... The next decade and several decades would not be something that's stagnant or status quo or mediocre. I pray it would be the best is yet to come. And so God, I pray you lead us. We'd hear clearly from you and we'd obey. We'd step out in faith like never before and trust you like never before. And we'll see you do greater things than you've already done, which has been incredible, but you're gonna do even greater. So Lord, thank Mm. you for this army. Thank you for the soldiers. Thank you for Steve. And we pray that we would do your will and you'd use us beyond what we can even imagine or dream In the name above all names, the name of Jesus who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah. We pray. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for letting us share our
1: heart. I did. It's amazing that Dave and Mark and I and the team of people have had a chance to, to be friends for so long. And, uh, spend Wednesday afternoon with Dave shooting that video and just still loving each other like closer than brothers. And uh, I was thinking of all the things that God has given us the opportunity to do. I've got a picture. Uh, I was just out of the country and I had a chance one morning to baptize four young women in about 17 inches of water. Fortunately, they were flexible and could bend back in this dirty river. And um, it was the first potentially illegal baptism I'd ever personally been a part of. Uh, we drove into this remote section of a river outside of a city and where there was nobody, it was completely abandoned. And I said, well, why? Because we almost got the van stuck two or three times. I said, why are we here? Said, well, he said, well, if we were doing this right in the city where the river flows through the city, there's a good chance we'd be arrested. I'm like, oh, okay. And um, it's a potential five-year prison term to be proselytizing in a lot of the countries of the world. And I thought, am I willing to risk five years in prison? I'm not real eager to do that. But this was uh, was an amazing moment of this young girl. And uh, I was thinking back like, all those years ago when David, Mark, and I used to work out at Pro Health and Fitness, and we dreamed about reaching people. I didn't know that one day, 31 years later, I'd be baptizing this precious young woman who Satan tried to destroy. Imagine being raped over and over again. Raped over and over again. Raped over and over again. And yet God is turning her into a disciple of Jesus Christ and she'll probably be a church planter and she'll probably... Start collectives of uh, we're where in rural areas where we're banking she'll probably run a business she'll start a house church she, she is the redeemed of Jesus Christ so why wouldn't I why wouldn't you and I give everything we got with every day we have for the glory of Jesus Christ and I just would say when we are doing this campaign why wouldn't why wouldn't you pray seriously about it take the take that card and and do what I asked if that's from the Lord put it in a place of prominence and pray about it because I tell you I, I just don't want to hold anything back I want to go for it because I think Jesus Christ is life and so do you and so I'm excited for God moving and for God working I'm excited for a Clinton Township building that may, may reach people for 100 years at one of the epicenters of the Detroit region in a miraculous way But here's what I know. I know that God is birthing new dreams and hopes into every one of you. Every person on this stage, every person in this room, Jesus is breathing new wine and new wineskins and a new vision of what God could do in your family or you as a young person. Some of you young people in the room, you could be like my sister Nancy It changed a whole high school because she was a woman of courage. This is what Jesus Christ does. And I'm not interested in just rolling through life, just drifting through life. Let somebody else do that. That is not why we were created. And so as we sing this final song, as Abby and Ella lead us through this, this song really is about the phrase is perfect. So will I like I'm going. And then you have a chance now to sing. So will I as well. So stand with us, join in, pray about what Jesus is calling you to do and just sing this out with your heart. Lord, thank you. Thank you there's not one person lost to your love or your gaze or your compassion. Love you so much, thinking of how you love, of how you initiated love for us and that we get to live in your love and then live out your love into the world and just to, to revel in it and to know that we're not alone, but we're part of a great army of of people who've been redeemed and who have experienced forgiveness and hope and then have now been commissioned and empowered to move that forward and to pass that forward into this world. So phenomenal. We thank you in Jesus' name. Guys, this is so this is so cool for me to think about as we were singing. I love that song. its I don't know who wrote, who wrote that. Yeah, just, man, Hillsong United put that in just... What a gift, because I thought Jesus dying on the cross and 100 billion failures disappear. About 1.2 billion of them are probably mine. Thinking about that, but then he invites us to, to slough off all that brokenness and then to follow him in such a powerful way. And so as we move into the future, I just had this vision where we are singing. We're all running in this journey together. And over time, those we love will fall. Like, I'll drop at some point, out of the race, you know? And someone else will step in and run that part of the race because we're in a part of a journey where Jesus says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll never fail you. I thought that's the journey that we're in. It's pretty awesome. So listen, if you would love prayer, we'll have people down front and out, out in the lobby, starting point. We'd love, to, love to meet you out there. Uh, also, this Wednesday night will be our last here at Oregon Campus, but our last midweek before Easter. It's going to be a fantastic evening. Join us there, okay? Love being with you. Thank you so much. Great time. Awesome.